Welcome to The Power of Digital Policy, a show that helps digital marketers, online communications directors, and others throughout the organization balance out risks and opportunities created by using digital channels. Here's your host, Christina Podner. Hi, everyone. Localization, globalization, internationalization. These all sound like similar concepts and are often used interchangeably. But the three terms are quite different, and they each might prompt an organization to adopt a digital policy, but from a slightly different perspective with different reasons. So let me quickly define these terms to ensure we're all speaking the same language. When I say globalization, I'm referring to digital marketing, products, and services that bring people and cultures and economies of different countries closer together. Okay. In other words, it means becoming more closely connected and integrated with customers and partners around the world. Many businesses will say that they're a global business or that they're going global, and that's not really what they mean. Instead, they're adopting a strategy by which they will be bringing awareness and consumer potential into the global marketplace. And that's different. It's usually easy to spot a global brand because it's known the world over. Think about Amazon or Coke, Netflix, Burger King, and other multinationals. These are global businesses focused on globalization. They have taken their brand, their products, their services, and put them onto the global stage. Internationalization is different than globalization. What do I mean? Internationalization refers to your organizational strategy and making of products and services as adaptable as possible in order to enter and operate in different national markets, and those are often called local markets. Internationalization involves adopting services, products, marketing, and communications to local markets with a unique language, cultural, and functional requirements. Organizations that internationalize when they adapt a product or service, they actually do so and make sure that it's available in other markets, specifically looking at making them more relevant to a large group of people. So, for example, you know, Pepsi has adopted products into French to accommodate speakers in France, but they've also done it for Canada's French-speaking Quebec, Belgium, and parts of Africa. By creating marketing in French, the organization can reach more international customers, namely those who speak French or have a French culture connection. Generally, internationalization is done for large groups of people and requires product modification, usually on a regional basis. Not always, but that's mostly the case. Localization, conversely, is the process of actually adapting that product that you have to a specific target market once the internationalization has taken place. So organizations that have gone global, such as McDonald's, have also localized. It's not always the case that you have to, but oftentimes it's a natural progression. Consider, for example, that at some McDonald's in Europe, beer is available on the menu. You'll never see that in the U.S. Some McDonald's in the U.K. serve organic milk, which is also used in Happy Meals as well as for oatmeal, coffee, and tea. Again, not something we see in usually North America. And if you find yourself in Portugal, you can visit the Golden Arches for, believe it or not, some pea cream soup, which I haven't tried yet, but it sounds good, or some caldo verde soup, which is a Portuguese favorite featuring potatoes and collard greens, or lavender soup with red beans, dough, ham, vegetables, and olive oil. Now, you might be asking me, 
uh, why do I actually need to think about a policy around globalization, internationalization, or localization? It's hard to understand and account for all local, legal, and cultural requirements. This is especially true for those within an organization's headquarters or when creating content for a global audience. This challenge has brought negative press to many companies over the years. For example, IKEA experienced lost market share and public credibility when it dropped Lifestyle website in Russia over fears that the government would consider it a promotion of gay values to minors, which is illegal in Russia, but they were only met with public backlash and boycotts as a result of backing down in Russia. Smaller issues such as maybe the heating in some of the countries and regions like Quebec uh, in Canada, like I mentioned, they require websites that offer products and services to be written in French. And the companies have been troubled and, you know, don't remember if you saw this or not, but it was like the likes of Pottery Barn, Club Monaco, Anthropology, William Sonoma, which also owns Pottery Barn, basically blocked, had their um, websites blocked to cite visitors who were coming in from Quebec until it could relaunch the site in French and cater to the local audience in full compliance with the localization law. So you may actually want to develop a policy for localization, especially language requirements. What might that policy entail? Oftentimes language requirements. That's an obvious one. You should really research markets where your services and products are targeted. Create a policy documenting your plan to provide content translated and localized for cultural norms. Because content creators and contributors within our organizations may not be aware of all requirements, it's a good practice to include the requirement directly into the content management system. Users can learn about the requirement as content is being created or produced. It doesn't require them to go read a manual somewhere on SharePoint. And it's best to have a local resource review content prior to its publication or even consider a small content focus group for key strategic campaigns and content publications. I also have some key points you might want to consider for your policy. Things like um, determine which countries and regions in which you have prospects or customers require content to be localized, both for language, but also for culture. Think about documenting your digital policy to reflect when and how you will localize content so you can actually meet your market-specific objectives. And if you're one of those organizations that learns overnight that you need to localize your marketing or services and products, you need to think fast on your feet and get going. The first thing you should do is determine whether localization is required by law in any of the areas in which you operate. If you discover situations where you are not currently compliant, the first thing I advise you do is to discuss it with your legal team immediately. That's because you can face hefty fines or, like I said earlier, be banished from the web as people in your country or region know it. And keep in mind that currently there are several jurisdictions that do have local language requirements. So for example, in Brazil, you have to publish any content marketing or websites in Portuguese. Like I already said, in Canada, the Quebec uh, region requires French. In France, you do actually have to use French. In Italy, it's the norm to use Italian. In Japan, you legally have to publish in Japanese. And Portugal has a Portuguese language requirement as well. So when you're ready, turn your attention to documenting the policy. Ask yourself these types of questions. Where localization isn't required, right? So legal, you don't have to do anything differently. What criteria should we use to decide whether or not to localize? Do our customers expect localization? What do other businesses operating in the area do? What do competitors do? How much will it actually cost to translate? 
And do our local offices have sufficient resources to do that? Will we still be able to maintain brand control if we don't? And what aspects of your digital channels must always be localized for maximum alignment with your content strategy? Really an important key point there. Then also start to ask yourself things like, in situations where local offices don't have the resources to supply complete language localization, are there some types of content that we should prioritize? Maybe it's a brochureware site. If you're only going to employ language localization for some of the content, for example, should it be web copy? Should you be doing it for social media posts, video and audio content? You know, consider all of those different aspects. And absolutely a must is to think about what criteria should you use to make these decisions? How much input should local employees have or should headquarters dictate how things, especially around campaigns, digital marketing campaigns and products and services will be localized? You also might want to think about, you know, when content is being written, should it be written with an eye towards internationalization and localization? So, for example, you might actually be using what we call the I-18N. For languages, for example, such as German, they tend to use more characters to express the same meaning as an English phrase. So we need to make sure that we leave enough space for the text to grow, say, by 50%. And so it makes sense to use that internationalization uh, nomenclature, or like I said, the I-18N, to make sure that we actually capture that as a requirement, keep it on hand. The CMS will be able to accommodate that content and we'll be able to publish it in different languages once we're ready to do that. And this is just the beginning, right? Whether you're looking at supporting your organization's attempts at globalization, internationalization, or localization, there are so many things to think about. That's why this month I'm focusing on companies looking to international markets and customers to grow their brands and customer base. I'll be speaking with Bruner Herman, who will tell us what it really takes to be effectively localizing content, services, and products. Bruno will also provide you with some practical insights on what you should pay attention to and how you should work with vendors and third parties to make your organization's expansion a successful reality. I'm equally excited to be speaking with Catherine Bruceman, who helps brands attract, engage, and retain more global customers by developing marketing strategies that are focused on international markets. In a marketplace that's global, the question that I always have for folks, you know, whether you're doing social and multilingual adjustments, how is your business keeping up? And this is a question we're going to pose to Catherine. She's going to help us understand the do's, the don'ts, and getting it right on the international stage. So get ready for a month of learning and stay tuned to the Power of Digital Policy, where my objective is going to be to make you smarter on digital policy topics and balance out the risks and the opportunities that come from marketing and working in our digital world. Until next time, be well and do great policy work. Thank you for joining the Power of Digital Policy. To sign up for our newsletter, get access to policy checklists, detailed information on policies, and other helpful resources, head over to thepowerofdigitalpolicy.com. If you get a moment, please leave a review on iTunes to help your digital colleagues find out about the podcast.